Season 1, Episode 2. Welcome to the Rotten Avocado Podcast, the New Brunswick Real Estate. I'm Jason Filma, your host, and I'm here with my co-host. Michelle Hardy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. Congratulations is in order. Last time we <laughs> talked on, on the air, if you will. Yeah, thank and you. Why am I congratulating you? I um, was elected, uh, I was nominated and then elected to our St. John Real Estate Board as a member uh, director. That's Awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm really excited, actually. Well, you get to sit at the table of all the big decisions of real estate in St. John. Well, it's a growing city, so um, being part of that in the real estate is just an amazing place to be. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So today's podcast, how exciting. What's today's podcast about? Well, we're talking about when do you need a property manager and why? Wow. And why are you good for this, Jason? <laughs> well, I know a little bit about property management, considering I've been in the property management industry for almost two decades now. Probably why I lost all my hair. I think you lost it before that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. So yeah, when do you need a property manager? So I guess, you know, do you need one before you buy a property or after you buy a property? When do you bring one on to... Uh, to help you out with your uh, property management needs. I would I would guess, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, most people would think buying or when you, before you buy a property, but not everybody does that. They wait till after. No, and a lot of my clients come on board after they've purchased the property. Um, although we do offer a service where we will go to a property even before you're a client and do a walkthrough and come up with the market rents for you and whatever needs to be done to the building what the area is like. So to answer the question, when do you need a property manager and why would be if you don't live in the area and you're looking to buy a multi-unit building or any type of building to rent, you should engage a property manager before you buy. And why is that? Because we know about the areas. We can do a walkthrough of the building and give sort of a rough um, inspection of the units, the tenants, the area, um, and also look at um, the leases and what they entail because they're just as important. So, so Jay, so I, I guess let's just go back a little bit here because you're kind of going a little fast on me. I, <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh, yeah, seems about right. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, if somebody's looking to buy a building, they haven't invested in this area before, they contact their agent, they have them working for uh, them as well. Um, do you need to be with them? I mean, their agent's going to offer services. Like, what extra services do you offer above and beyond the agent? So you said you do a walkthrough. What what kind of walkthrough are, are you doing? Like, Well, we basically come in and we'll, and we'll do a walkthrough of the building. We'll do up a report. Uh, so we'll report. look at the exterior of the building. We'll go into the building, go through the units, see how the building is heated. Um, are there separate meters for every unit? Uh, what are the configurations of the units? One bedrooms, two bedrooms, etc. We also look at the area that it's in. Yeah. So a lot of agents, you know, they know the location. You know, this building is located uptown. You can walk to the market. You can walk to these restaurants. You can walk to this entertainment. But they don't really know the street, 
like a property manager would, who actually manages the tenants on a day-to-day basis in these areas, we know what to look for. Is it a good street? Yes, you can walk to the market, but is this street a safe street? Well, I think most local agents have a good idea there, though. But I see where you're coming from. The tenants next door, what kind of tenants are they? What kind of streets is it in the perspective of the investor world? Yeah, and a lot of agents may or may not know. Some don't know. They may not be from that area. They may say, oh, Uptown's a great area. And they're right. In most cases, it is. But there's some parts of Uptown, street. there's that odd street. Exactly. You know, and if you don't, aren't familiar with the day-to-day uh, drama, if you will, of people's lives in the streets and, and what's going on, there's no way. And that, it is ever changing. They can know that. Yeah. It is always changing. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you guys do a walkthrough and mm-hmm. that's great to know. And you don't even need to be a client with it. And, and the company that I'm with is Canada Homes for Rent. Uh, we do have a website at uh, www.chfr.ca. Uh, reach out to us, of course. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's a service that we offer for free for investors. And you don't even have to go with us if you don't want to. And, and you could be local or you could be out of town. That applies to both, right? It depends. Cause a lot of local owners don't really engage property management because they're not going to use them. Not always. I have a couple. They're very few. 95% of our clients are out of town investors. You may get one or two local people. Um, they, I mean, if you can manage your building yourself, I mean, for your own numbers, it, you know, absolutely. It's your building. It's your business. You should manage it yourself. If you're not able to, then you should engage a property manager. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. So, you most people that utilizes that service that you guys have is out-of-towners. Yeah. So, nin- 95% of all our owners are out-of-town. Especially, I'm sure, COVID helped. Uh, yes, because a lot of people looking to purchase uh, real estate in New Brunswick, you're not allowed in the province. Yeah. The and if you do come, there's like two weeks, you know, uh, in quarantine. I mean, how many can, people can take two weeks off of their life? to sit in quarantine, to go look at one building and then go home and then sit in quarantine for another two weeks, right? right? So there's four weeks of your life just really hard to give up. So engaging a property manager, especially in this climate, is very beneficial for out-of-town investors. That's an awesome service. And I, I know a few of my clients that have um, really, really had to, they, they love it. I mean, it gives them a, a secondary view. Uh, it actually has, uh, feels like they're there. And that's what property management essentially is for, is you're representing the owner of the building. And, uh, you know. Absolutely. We're there for the owner. We want to do what's best for the owner. Um, and, of course, take all the heat that owning buildings take on from tenants and the owner doesn't have to deal with that. We take the headaches away. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what about uh, uh, another thing that I know a lot of clients I deal with uh, the rents and the leases that are in place. Um, So uh, uh, one of the things I run into, and this is another good thing to engage a property management company. A lot of local owners in New Brunswick don't have leases or have improper leases. So we can go in and review the leases. We can do up new leases if needed, because a lot of cases for financing purposes or, or, you know, whatever they want to do with the building, they need to have new leases with the new owner information on it. Uh, we can do that type of thing. Would you say there's a lot of owners that have no leases? Like, is that- I'd say it's, there is a few local, for sure, that don't have actual written leases. And now in New Brunswick, if you don't have a written lease, basically you're in a month-to-month lease. 
and you fall under the rules of a month to month month lease. But there's no specifics in there of what you can or can't do, and and it's not good for the owners, and it's not good for the tenants not to have a lease, even on a month to month, because all the rules, regulations, laws are in that lease, and you can always refer to it for things like rent increases. Am I allowed pets? Uh, who's paying the utilities? And you know all these things that you know you need to maybe at one point or another need to refer to. You know how, uh, for example, with pets, and that's one that people, a big one that people just think they can get a pet. Well, some owners don't want pets in their buildings because pets can cause certain damage or or nuisances, uh, like fleas or barking and things like that. So your lease will state if you can or cannot have pets. You know, that's kind of an open question. So on a month-to-month lease, if there's no written anything and you get a pet and you buy the building and there's no lease and they have a pet and you don't want pets, well, now there's notices and negotiations that have to go on. Or at least pretty much cut and dry. Yes, you're allowed pets with owner's permission. Written permission is usually what we put in. Or no, no pets are allowed at all. Same with smoking. So, um, and this is a question I get a lot too. Can you go after you buy that building and you said it's like a new renegotiation process and say before they allowed pets, but now they're not, you don't want to. So you have to rewrite the lease or. Well, the current leases that are written and signed usually will stay in place. So that's the main. Um, Now there, there are different things you can look at if the, if the owner's buying the building or are they buying the company that owns the building? So there's two scenarios here. You come in, you're buying, um, a building and it's the uh, company number for that building that's currently in place is one, two, three, four, New Brunswick Inc. And you're buying it. And for whatever reasons, you're like, we're buying the corporation with the building. So now you're one, two, three, four, New Brunswick Inc. Mm-hmm. So all those leases, if they're in place, are all written under that company name and they're in place. So if you want to renegotiate leases, we need to look at the leases, see what type of lease they are. And there are three types of leases in New Brunswick. Month to month which basically renews every month automatically. If you want to make any changes to it, you just give them a notice on the first with what changes you want, and then that changes the the, uh, the lease. There's a term lease. Term lease basically starts on a date and ends on a date. That date that it ends, they can either renegotiate a new lease or they move out, and they don't have to give notice because the end date in a term lease is their end date. So It's really good to reach out to people on term leases to see what they want to do because they don't need to notify you. And the third type of lease is a year-to-year lease. So year-to-year, pretty much those terms in that lease can't be changed until three months before the term ends. You can renegotiate a lease at any time, but if the other tenant doesn't agree to those terms, you're basically letting them out of their lease, regardless of when the end of the term is, so or the year is. So usually three months before it ends, you can make the go, like, are you staying? Great, we need to negotiate renegotiate the terms at that point. So, yeah, I, I guess I, I meant to say if there's no lease, you can just make up whatever you want going forward. If there's no lease, again, you're considered on a month-to-month lease. So, yeah, I mean, you can basically, I always recommend doing up an actual lease for them, okay. sign, and negotiate new terms at that point. And you can change that every 30 days. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so... um I guess what else, what else would you say, um, like certain things that you're watchful for, for the investor, um, before they buy a property or things that they, you know, uh, can utilize with you guys. I mean, I know sometimes I call you, 
um, or other property managers, not just Jason, <laughs> but uh, call to find out their connections to, you know, roofers because we want to quote knowing what they're going to get. Well, sometimes you look at a building and there's clearly issues. So before purchasing that building, you kind of want to have a rough idea. Okay, I'm going to buy this building for X amount of dollars. And when I do buy it, I'm going to have to put X amount of dollars in to repair these issues. There could be city work orders. There could be fire work orders, whatever they are. New roof, uh, new St. John, notorious for brick, you know, brick work. So what's that going to cost? So a property manager can bring in someone that they rely on to go in and say, yeah, you know what? You need new brick work. It's going to cost X amount of dollars. You can go back to the negotiating table with your agent and say, look, okay, Sometimes. you, well, it's called negotiation for a reason. <laughs> And you can go back and say, look, I, you want this much money, but it's going to cost me this much money to repair whatever issues need to be done. You know, and then they can have a conversation. Sometimes people are like, no, my, it's firm, whatever. And some people are like, well, yeah, I can give you so much off because it's going, to, it's going to cost you extra thousands of dollars to repair something that, you know, needs to be done. It, it's a situational thing. I, I know there's sometimes when I've represented a seller and it's uh it's uh, you well you should have saw that on your first walkthrough i mean obviously those were obvious concerns but uh going a forward, lot of cases and you know agents aren't really looking for these things as much the property manager deals these things every single day well you guys take care of it after we sell yeah. it so we kind of know a little bit more what we're, we're more our eyes are more open to these types of issues yeah than say an agent or even even an inspector a home inspector will only do so much and things that they're not looking for that are important, we will probably pick up because we deal with these things day after day after day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thing that we deal with a lot is uh, service New Brunswick. Uh, service New Brunswick. So and then it's again, when you're buying a new building, you know, and a lot of lawyers miss this too. I've dealt with it a few times is security deposits. Where are they? In New Brunswick, you can collect one month's rent as a security deposit. So when people move in, it's, it's not, in some places it's first and last, but in New Brunswick, it's first and security deposit, which usually equals the same amount as the rent. A lot of local people don't know it needs to, or do know, didn't, don't do it. These, the security deposit needs to go to the residential tenancy tribunal. They hold that in trust until the tenant moves out. That is the law in New Brunswick. If you don't do that, you can get fined. Now, a lot of local owners just never did. No one ever said anything. They pocket the money. When the building comes time to close, where are those deposits? The tenants know they've paid deposits. They may have a lease that says they paid a deposit, but the money's not with Service New Brunswick. So you need to ask for those deposits. If they are Service New Brunswick, you need to have the lawyer transfer them over to your name. It's a form. closing. Yeah, it's Form 8, I believe. Yeah. Or if it's in pocket, then you need to negotiate the sale price and have that taken off or then send you a separate check for that and then have your property manager or lawyer deposit it with Service New Brunswick so it's all neat and tidy. Yeah, because uh, if you have this with one or two unit building duplex, it's not so awful. But when you're looking at eight units and they're $1,000 a piece, that adds up to $8,000. It does. And, you know, a tenant could be living there for five years and all of a sudden they're moving and they're asking you for a deposit that you had no idea existed and have no record of. And you are on the hook for it. Yeah. Absolutely. If they have proof that they paid it. You're going to have to reimburse them if you got it from that owner or not. So 
you want to make sure you know where the deposits are, if they're paid and where they're located. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, is there any, uh, anything that you find that, uh, I mean, that comes up quite frequently in people's buyers or investors searches for buildings that uh, we all miss, like as agents and sometimes investors that is probably more privy to our area. Um, and I'm, I'm referring to certain things like we have to have pest control in some parts of the city. Um, those kind of expenses that come up that... Well, I, I think the biggest thing that comes up with when you're buying a building, extra expenses that may have not have been presented to you, pest control is a good one. A lot of local owners just go buy mice traps and put them in. Um, or they may have bed bugs and they just ignore it. And all of a sudden you take the building over and say, like, oh, by the way, you got a bed bug problem. You're going to have to go get an exterminator and it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars to do it. And then there's an issue or, or mice treatment or whatever, like things like that. Um, another thing to look for is that if you're a local owner, let's say, and you've always done your own maintenance, you're very handy. Well, you're not putting that in your expenses. So when the agent asks them, what's your maintenance expense? They're literally just making up a number because they're not charging out their time. So you need to understand and calculate, okay, you know what? There are going to be maintenance expenses. This guy did his own work, never charged, never paid anything out, never charged anything, but now you're going to have to, and you need to talk to a property manager. Like, look, what should I expect in maintenance costs? Because a lot of these buildings are old. Too, because normally if you're local, you don't have the same fees as somebody that's out of town. I think a a funny example would be, okay, I, I've had an investor in the past. They bought a building here in New Brunswick, and wintertime came, and we gave him snow quotes. And he's like, well, what do I need snow quotes for? Well, it snows in New Brunswick. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't even think. Like, oh, my God, right. you're right. It does snow in New Brunswick. I never thought that that would be an expense. They couldn't have you know? been from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to get into details. But they weren't aware that there was snow removal, and there is a cost for snow removal. And in New Brunswick, we have very harsh seasons. So that's something that, you know, they weren't aware of that a property manager would know. Yeah. But you, you know, from out of town, you may not know uh, what our weather is like or things like pest control or um, different heating types. Like I, I found when heat pumps came out and a lot of people call them mini splits, a lot of people didn't know what they are. You know, it basically it saves on your heating costs. It takes the cold air outside, turns it warm. I'm not a technician. I won't get into too many details, but a lot of people didn't know that. And then you got uh, natural gas uh, years ago, not that long ago, was extremely expensive in New Brunswick. But in other provinces, it's the cheapest way to heat your property. Uh, another thing. I remember, I remember actually um, when we were doing property management together, um, Natural gas was super expensive, and that's because the delivery charge. Yeah, it was delivery charge. The, the commodity stays the same. It was a delivery charge because the company at the time um, charged exuberant rates because our population in Brunswick is lower than, say, Ontario. And it was newer here. Yeah, and you always share the cost of the delivery with your people that are using it, but we have less people here, and that's why it was more expensive. Yeah, it was more but we we ended up, I mean, I think you guys more so than I, but ended up saving a lot of people money by switching just to propane. And we would go to propane, very similar cost to commodity, although in the past it has gone up higher, but there's no delivery charge. Well. <laughs> a thing that's actually physically delivered had no delivery charge, opposed to something that's piped in to your building had a delivery charge. Yeah, but well. anyway, 
it's it's not the same now i know but I no, remember. it's actually getting better uh, the new company's taking over liberty yeah. gas um and their rates seem to be reasonable a lot of people are, are switching back yeah another but, thing that i find a lot of outside investors don't know is about pipes freezing oh. huge problem in the maritime so we have a lot of we're we have old cities here i mean you understand when people from europe came to the new world they built in the coastal areas and people on the like East Coast. To, sellers like to shut the power off as soon they as do. they can. As soon as they can, they want to shut that off. Well, you don't want to <laughs> shut the heat off because if the pipes freeze, then you're going to have a disaster on your hands. And that's happened from time to time. So a property manager will tell you, Hey, look, keep your power on. Yep. You need to have heat. If you don't, you will, f- or at least winterize. Let's say if it's a single family home, or it's a unit that's separate from the rest of the building, you want to winterize that section or that property or keep the heat on low so the pipes don't freeze. Because I'll tell you, it can be very, very costly when you have water damage going through your property and it freezes. Yes. It's messy too. Very messy. So that's something a property manager would be well aware of. Yeah. And will advise you, hey, look, you need to have the power on. I know you don't want to spend the expenses, but... It's a necessity. It costs a lot more to fix a pipe, broken pipe leak than it is to pay for power. Okay, so I, I, I guess so when you guys uh, take over, so somebody's engaged you, they have, you've gone through the process of helping them find the bright property, uh, the closing day's here. Uh, how do you roll it in to set it up so the new company? So once the building is sold, and it's the closing date, and you've engaged a property management company. You've signed the contracts. You're now part of their, their, they're part of your team. Uh, on closing day, we and I, I can't speak for other property managers. We go to the property, we knock on all the doors, and we drop off welcome packages and talk to who we can talk to. Our welcome packages usually consist of a tenant confirmation form. We want to make sure we have the right information and updated contact info of every single tenant just in case they've changed because people change phone numbers, emails, heck they get new roommates and don't tell anybody. Yeah, so you so want all, you want to get all that updated information uh, at that time. So we meet and greet, give them a package. They can fill that out. Uh, we also have ways they can pay rent. So with us, we don't take cash. We take e-transfers, direct withdraw, post-dated checks, money orders. That's how we take rent. So we basically give them that information so they know how to pay rent. Other information we have is we recommend uh, to get tenant insurance if they don't already have it. Strongly recommend that. So we give them some options. And sometimes that can help an owner's insurance. If all your tenants have renter's insurance, some insurance companies will give you a discount. Another thing is that we offer at Canada Homes is um, air miles. So if you pay your rent, the tenant can earn air miles if they pay early. So that's sort of an added bonus. Like, hey, welcome, and you can get a little extra. and You can use your air miles. I guess not so much travel now, but you can use your miles to purchase items off air miles site. So that's so, one of the things that we do. So basically, you meet the, the tenant, get to know them, let them know how things are going to roll here on out. Yep. Uh, give them your maintenance number. <laughs> yeah, to call for emergencies. Not our house yeah. number. <laughs> No, I don't want them calling my house. At three in the morning. No. Well, when I first started, that was my cell phone was my office number, and that happened a lot. We did not need an alarm clock. 
No, no. <laughs> Especially in the winter. I remember the, the calls would start, uh, yeah, you got to move your car for snow removal. Oh, I would like the calls <laughs> at 3 in the morning that weren't emergencies, <laughs> but were for them. That was great. You know, like, ah, I got this note that my rent's going up in <laughs> six months. Like, yeah, why are you calling me at 3 in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Like, call me during regular hours. <laughs> it's not an emergency. Or yeah. they'll call, I, I, my place is on fire. Well, call the fire department. <laughs> Don't call me. Call me after. Call them first, then call me. That's my mind-blowing yeah <laughs> but yeah. yeah on that day we go in we meet everybody and not, not only that but um you may want to increase the rents right away and it's always fun to give a welcome package and then followed by a rent increase letter uh but if you want to have that rent in a timely manner and increase because you bought the building and you need the numbers then we need to deliver that at the same time and that has to be done on the first of the month so that's things a property so manager guys, can set uh, up for you you guys are the bad guys we do take the heat for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Today, especially in, on fa- on Facebook, we took a lot of heat from from tenants. Because Last time I checked, 185 comments. Yeah, all negative. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you have to I, understand. I, we laugh, but I, I laugh. Well, I don't laugh getting... because these are people's lives, no, and they are getting affected by it. But in the same token, an owner, you know, we're there to represent the owner. We don't own any of the buildings. But the owner has purchased the building and either they want the building emptied so they can do renovations or they want to increase the rent to help, you know, incur the cost because they've paid more for the building than the last owner had. And they need that extra income to run and maintain the building. Costs of materials have gone through the roof yeah. because of COVID. Supply is low. So and and costs are going up. So they need to make these adjustments. And sometimes, yes, they're they can be harsh. And as a property management company, we take that heat from the owner so the owner doesn't have to take, you know, all that press and negative energy. We kind of absorb it and and then sort of take it. You know, we got big, broad shoulders, so bring it on kind of thing. But, yeah, it's not funny because I understand where the tenants are coming from too, but at the end of the day, people bought these buildings as a business, as a source of income, and because of costs and expenses, they need to make adjustments. Um, I, I do want to point out something because it is actually a very serious topic. Uh, I, I've had um, I've had numerous property management go through with me on uh, looking at buildings, and 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 they all seem to be try to be very realistic in the fact that hey guys. Um, putting the rents up, you know, is not always the best way to do it on lump sum fees. And here's the best, you know, everybody's trying to make this as minimal as possible. Uh, sometimes you may advise it, but the owner doesn't do it. And you still have to go through with that. So I, I think oh, all that's, the time. that's just a piece of the parts of the. And it's the owner's business. You know, it's their business is their property and they run it as a business as they should. Yeah. And. Yeah, tough decisions have to be made. And, yeah, sometimes people will get things they don't like, and that's unfortunate, but that's not my job to make that decision. I just – I'm a tool. Yeah, well (laughs) – I'm a tool. I'm a tool for the owners to execute their will, basically. So, um, yeah, and we take the heat. So we get all that negative energy. The owner never has to deal with it. So that's one of the – to me, a big part of having a property manager, especially if you're local – you know, you don't want to deal with that negative energy. Let Canada Homes deal with it. Let Less. them take the brunt of it, and I can they can sleep at night, and we, you know, we absorb it as we do, and 
We've got broad shoulders and, and we take and it. And not only that, but it's how you manage that call, right, too. I Absolutely. Mean, escalation happens if somebody calls. And if you're more invested when somebody calls about an issue in your property and, you know, at the end of the day, you're – you, know, you may not afford it right now, you're going to be a little bit more upset than, see, a property management company who's going to be Absolutely. like... And if a property management company does, you know, increase your rents or make you pay your own power or even, you know, ask you to terminate your lease because of renovations, ask them if they have something else available. That's right. Believe me, they'd be more than happy to accommodate you and find you another place and work with you because at the end of the day, we don't want to lose tenants, but owners have a business plan and that plan doesn't always jive with people's lives and but we're here we we are more than happy to help people find new places um usually people don't ask because we're again we're the villains twirling our mustache at the railway tracks tying people up you know so we're usually don't get asked for new places but we we do offer that service to our tenants like look we can relocate you find something that's affordable for you if an owner wants the place emptied out for renovations. Yeah, and absolutely, and go between two, so. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay, well, I mean, I think, am I forgetting something? Yeah, closing. Oh. I'd say when you close the building, what things, and I this happens a lot, and this is why I kind of wanted to touch on it too, during that transition, okay, closing day is on this day, which means on that day, there are certain things the owner Question. has to do. Is it better to close in the middle of the month or the end of the month? I'm going to say the middle. And the reason I say the middle is if you do close at the end, which is basically the first of the month, you're scrambling to get rents. There's a high risk the tenants will pay the old owner because they just, that's habit, right? There's not a lot of time to meet and greet, get things organized. If you close in the middle, then the lawyers can adjust the rents for the half the month or, or whatever the time is. And then you're starting fresh at the end of the month, the first of the month. They already know who the property manager is. They know how to pay rents. It's not like a last minute thing. So yeah, ideally middle of the month is a better time to close. Not only that, but it gives you time to, you know, which I wanted to mention here now, which gets forgotten a lot is switching power over from the old owner to the new owner. Cause in some cases you have common areas or electricity is included because the house, the five unit building only has two meters. So you have to include electricity or it has only one central heating system. So you have to include heat. If you don't call the provider of the oil to have an account set up for delivery or switch the power over all of a sudden at the end of that month, the lights go out, people lose power. Their food's going to go bad. It's like, Oh my God, I forgot to switch the power over. And then there's a huge scramble to get that turned back on. And then there are extra costs with the power company to, for emergency yeah, switch over. Especially on a Friday close at five. Exactly. And we've had that happen quite a lot. Now I know with Canada Homes, our contract does have a section where it tells you to a hey, remember to switch over your, you know, your power bills, your if there's an elevator, the phone line, if there's an intercom system, the phone line. Um, you know, maybe Internet. there's Coinomatic, yeah. which basically is a service. Coinomatic supplies laundry machines and they give out cards, collect the money. Well, if you don't switch that over, any money's collected are going to the old owners. You want to switch that over, gas delivery, oil delivery, all that stuff needs to be switched over, and it does get forgotten from time to time. Yeah, good point, Jason. Yeah. Damn sure. right that was a good point. <laughs> I think I'm a, I, I think I covered all, everything I wanted to cover. No, and, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's a good – I wanted to do this topic uh, because it's good to know, like, investors coming here and it's a scary process 
if you're an investor and you're going to an unknown place and you can't even go there, but you're hearing about all these wonderful prices on buildings and you're like, wow, I, mean, I want to get involved in that area. To know that you can contact somebody to represent you and look at these buildings before you buy them, I think is very important. It is. It is. And, and agents do that. I mean, we do, but we get busy. and The we're good not, ones do. The good ones absolutely do. And we're not in it day to day. So as much as uh, seeing the tenant side, that's for sure. That's a whole different world to us as well. So having somebody in both parties representing you on the buy and to close and get your foot in the door the right way, people appreciate that. And it's less stress on the tenants too. Absolutely. They're like, you okay, know. I know where to pay my money. I know where everything's going. I know where to call if something goes wrong. Because a lot of these sometimes are older, elderly tenants, and they, they it's just very stressful. <laughs> Absolutely, because no one likes change, especially when it's thrown. In a lot of cases, and we get this complaint a lot, no one told me the building was for sale. Well, it's for sale. And I, no one told front. me. <laughs> yeah, no one told A lot of people don't want, and I've had this a lot. These owners do not want to advertise that they're That's selling true. it yeah. because they don't want to upset the tenants. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, they get this note to the doors. Hey, someone else is managing us. Where did Ralph go? Like, now I got to deal with these people I don't know. So, you know, having that guiding hand and, and having these processes in place makes that easier on the tenant as well. That would be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I'm just, I don't like, I don't want to advertise what I do, but if people are listening, the two listeners that we get, yeah. if you don't have property <laughs> management and you just want to ask me questions, you can email me at jason at canadahomesforrent.ca or call me at 506-639-2230. Just not three in the morning. Not well, you know, I'll still answer, but yeah, <laughs> I prefer not. We're in Atlantic time. Just so those people in BC, know. Uh, and that, yeah, that's the end of that topic. So, if you have any topics you want to hear, reach out to us at sell it at michellehardy.ca. .ca. Yep. Or you can call her at 506-721-1099. Yeah, and our next topic, I, we already have that lined up. And a guest Oh, speaker. please enlighten me. We're going to be talking about vacation properties in New Brunswick. Oh, yes. Uh, a thing a lot of people don't think about is vacation properties because they just look at the residential or commercial side. Yes. But there is another rental market, which is vacation rentals. Yes, and it's pretty big. I mean, I know it's not as, it's it's a little different what it used to be before COVID, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, absolutely. So, hey, to our two listeners, maybe more. I don't know. This is new. We're going to keep putting these out every couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. If you sat through the whole podcast, thank you very much. I know it can be difficult to sit and listen to things, but I, I hope you found the information uh, useful. And, uh, Keep a watch. There'll be more episodes. Thank you. Thank you.